I've asked Steve to come speak to our team that's, uh, you know, has the privilege of helping folks in the emergency department on substance use um, um, related uh, issues. And Steve didn't have a dry eye in the room when he told us his story. And also, I would say, gave my team hope. You know, because hearing about colleagues at Garden City Treatment Center that we work very closely with, um, this is the perfect illustration of what power healthcare professionals have in this equation. Hello, my name is Rob Hoyle, and welcome back to 20 Minute Health Talk for part two of our conversation on substance use disorder with Dr. Sandeep Kapoor and Shatterproof Stephen D'Antonio. I think, you know, when we talk about we'll back to your podcast, I think that, you know, when people feel hopeless, they always feel like it's just them. Well, this is one of the biggest issues, right? So as a society, we assume we know what the face of addiction is. And if we don't fit that mold, we definitely disassociate ourselves with that, right? So we don't want to believe that it's our child or ourselves that are dealing with it because we wear a suit and tie. We have a great job. But the reality is the face of addiction could be any one of us. And it is, you know, there is no set uh, signature or personality where you can say that only those folks are going to suffer from a substance use disorder. It's pretty universal. It's pretty non-discriminatory um, when you look at the general population. Now, the more stories we can bring uh, forward, the more parents, the more clinicians in recovery, the more um, celebrities in recovery, that brings awareness. But we can't let that awareness just stop at a conversation. We need to bring that through and through in our clinical approach, as well as in our personal approach with our own family members and our community members. It's democratic disease. There's no doubt about it. I don't care if you're a C. Look, I mean, I, I was on the management committee of one of the biggest banks in the world. You know, I wasn't the only one dealing with this problem. Um, there's, you know, there's math out there. The math is that at any company in the United States, any employer, 9% on average, have the disease themselves. And then there's another 16% that have a dependent or a direct family member in their house with the problem. That's 25%. And then when you talk about friends and, you know, relatives who are one step removed, I mean, it's everywhere. And the more people go out there and talk about it, it, it does destigmatize it, it does socialize it, and it does allow people to do what they need to do. So, you know, I don't, I don't drink. I don't drink in solidarity with my son um, who, you know, quit drinking six years ago. And every time I order a club soda or a ginger ale, people ask me about it. I say, well, you know, I don't drink in solidarity with my son. Half the time it begins a conversation, oh, I have so-and-so or, you know, I was thinking about it myself or my sister, my brother, my wife, et cetera. It's out there. So just, just a little thing like ordering a club soda can start a conversation. That's awesome, yeah. There is no six degrees of separation with this by far. I mean, to, to Steve's point, it's first, second degree. We've all had experience. One of the issues is that many of us have had very negative experiences, which perpetuates how we react or interact with individuals moving forward. So, for example, if someone has had trauma because of their parents were suffering from a substance use disorder, where back then a lot of treatment options weren't available, a lot of dialogue wasn't there, we need to be compassionate, understanding that, okay, they may treat individuals a certain way. But the reality is we also have a lot of education now. We have a lot 
to learn um, in this industry where we can start diffusing the stigma and especially using that metric or that that data point, there's no six degrees of separation. You may unfortunately treat someone very poorly in front of you, but the individual that's working right next to you may be suffering from a substance use disorder or their family member. So you're not only just impacting the one individual that's approaching you, but you know, just through osmosis, so many others with this negative connotation. So I really do think that to Steve's point, if we were to take a step back and look at how connected we are with this disease process, it should be motivation for us to do things differently and change the narrative. And, and Steve's been a great, obviously you can tell a great partner and hence why we're here together today. You know, I, I've uh, asked Steve to come speak to our team that's, uh, you know, has the privilege of helping folks in the emergency department on substance use um, um, related uh, issues. And Steve didn't have a dry eye in the room when he told us his story. And also, I would say, gave my team hope. You know, because hearing about colleagues at Garden City Treatment Center that we work very closely with, um, it, this is the perfect illustration of what power healthcare professionals have in this equation, right? So hearing about Steve's son and just thinking about feeling that 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 word powerless. I mean, at that point, uh, you know, you, you got to think you need a charge, and healthcare professionals were that charge. The family, Steve, was the charge mm-hmm. for that battery that his son needed, uh, you know, refilled or re, or recharged. Um, these are the messages that we want to populate out there because we need continued sustained momentum in this space. We can't just allow this to go by the wayside and ignore it because the reality is with COVID, substance use has skyrocketed. Alcohol sca- sales have skyrocketed. Uh, utilization of drugs and alcohol in isolation has skyrocketed because of all these COVID-related restrictions. We've seen, um, you know, we've seen housing issues, food insecurity security issues that play a role in this. There's been a um, interruption of treatment and care at certain points during the COVID crisis, uh, as well as the willingness to seek care uh, during the COVID crisis because of the fear of uh, having COVID or getting COVID from others. So right now is a great point to reset, to realign, and to reinvest in our approaches to make sure that every single individual that we access or have the privilege of caring for that we are identifying this as a point of conversation, uh, a point of partnership, and uh, you know, hopefully a, a point of sustained dialogue. You mentioned 77,000 people. That's the number of employees at North Laws. Obviously, the number of people who are battling addiction is much higher. 77,000 employees at North Law means about 20,000 may be dealing with these same types of issues. And there is support for them through there. Absolutely. So when I reference the 77,000, I'm looking at 77,000 colleagues. I'm talking about seven, 77,000 colleagues that can be part of this process of change. Uh, statistically speaking, 40 million people are dealing with a substance use disorder. That means one in seven of us. So if you look at our population of employees, uh, you are talking anywhere from 15 to 20,000 because healthcare is at a higher risk level. Healthcare workers are a higher risk level than the general population. Here at Northwell, we have many supports and we keep building on this for our employees and our families because the crisis that we are still dealing with, but the COVID, the COVID, uh, COVID epidemic that that was very debilitating for us as healthcare professionals. A lot of services started coming at this, um, being uh, you know being spotlighted and showcased. Um, our employee assistance program has been revamped. Employee health services, our rewards and benefits programs have now have other options and additional options available for access to care for behavioral health as well as. 
for substance use disorder, um, we, you know, we have our own inpatient facility out in Calverton called Wellbridge. We have five addiction treatment hubs within our geography. There's tremendous amount of supports available. And I would say the one takeaway that I would love our fellow colleagues to know is they're not alone. Um, and if they're willing, there are options for them to explore their relationship with alcohol and drugs and find ways to partner. You know, you talk about when you talk about other illnesses, like if you get a cancer diagnosis, it's like you're going to do you might maybe get a second opinion, but you're going to do what the doctor tells you. You're going to do your chemotherapy. You're going to do your radiation, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But with this, people can go a million different directions or they'll deny it or think they can go it alone. They think they can take a lot. Of, I'm assuming a lot of people think they could just do it themselves. Well, I, I mean, look, I think that's changed, right? Because in the past, we used to also stigmatize a lot of people with cancer, right? We used to shame them and blame them, especially if it was lung cancer, for example, because it was because they were smoking. And that was the main talking point. How could you do this to yourself? So, yeah, that will disrupt someone's process of hearing out or listening or following guidance from a healthcare professional. I think the biggest issue here with substance use disorder is we aren't readily providing guidance. We aren't readily providing humanistic feedback. We're understanding that there is a situation, but we're very quick to step back and leaving it up to that individual or that family to deal with this on their own. We've built programs to now start changing that narrative where we will assign a navigator, a champion, an advocate to stay by that patient and family side for 120 days beyond discharge to make sure that they know that there's someone that they can call, that they can rely on, that can shepherd them through this process of addiction care and treatment. These, these things are built off the experience of cancer care, the experience of cardiovascular disease care or, you know, COPD, you know, lung disease. These models exist. We just never applied them for substance use disorder because we are still in this negative baseline of trying to get people to understand that this is a chronic illness and we need to bring the same front forward, the same resources forward. The only thing I would say, it's uh, much simpler is if you think there might be a problem, just have a conversation with someone. Just tell someone where you're at and begin the process. And you will not be disappointed because people know what they're doing. The professionals really do. And there should be a lot of hope that your life or your loved one's life can change dramatically for the better. And I'll give you that phone number. If you want to have a conversation, 516-465-5955. Our team is more than ready to have a conversation, use evidence to understand what someone is going through, understand the goals that they have, the needs that they have, and really develop a partnership so that when that phone call ends, we have demonstrated that there's hope and that there's somebody by their side. With that in mind, I will just say, you know, we recently just, um, you know, as Northwell is a large organization, we, for the first time, formally observed International Overdose Awareness Day. And I think this year was critical for us to to do this. And I'll tell you why. Um, because of the, uh, COVID and the disruption of supply chain for pretty much anything from cars to computers to whatever, the drug chain also was disrupted. And what we're seeing now in the community is no matter what drug of choice that is being purchased out in the community, individuals are at risk of a potential opioid overdose. Now, when you hear opioid overdose, you may only think about heroin or you may think about pain uh, prescription pills. Reality is um, cocaine, marijuana, 
uh, other stimulants, uh, as well as heroin, is being laced with this drug or this synthetic drug that is so powerful that it's actually why 75% of those drug overdoses last year are related to opioids. It's because of fentanyl. So in our observation of in in our observation of International Overdose Awareness Day, one of our talking points was to distribute not only the antidote for an opioid overdose, which is known as naloxone or Narcan, but it's to normalize this conversation that it doesn't make a difference if you are doing heroin or if you're smoking marijuana. If you're buying it on the street, it is a cheaper substance to cut into these drugs for the drug dealers. So we recently, unfortunately, had multiple losses out in Suffolk County due to cocaine uh, utilization, but they passed away because of opioid overdoses because that cocaine was laced with fentanyl. Really important for us to you know, yeah. message that out. Sure. Overdose is the number one cause of accidental death in the country. Absolutely. And alcohol-related deaths is the third most preventable cause of death in this country. I mean, we're talking about beyond epidemic levels for year after year after year. I mean, this past year was 93,000 drug-related deaths, a majority due to opioids. The year before, it was 88,000. The year before that, it was 76,000. We're seeing this trend up Regardless of all the resources that we have available, we're still seeing this trend up because it's not openly discussed and it's not openly supported when we come down to our family level, our church level, our society level, our healthcare level. I think that's so great what you were just saying a minute ago about how happy you are to be able to give back and how proud you are of your son because he's able to give back. Because some people will relate better. Parents will relate better to you. Uh, younger people will relate better to your your son. Uh, maybe not as, as well as they would relate to a medical professional. They might look at somebody with the lab coat as, eh, he doesn't know. You know, he doesn't know what I'm going through. But for your son and for you to have those real conversations are so meaningful. Yes, no doubt about it. I think it, it does have, because we've been there. He was there and I was there as a parent. And so, but all we're doing is we're reflecting what we learned from the professionals. So I didn't come up with these answers on my own, right? This was, we were trained. Um, and so that's the important point is you got to include the professionals because they know what they're doing. So what did you do when you found out that your son was going through this? What did you do to educate yourself? So I got on the internet and I was unbelievably frustrated. Uh, I got onto SAMHSA's website. So now five and a half years in, including a year fellowship studying addiction, I'm still overwhelmed by that website. And so there's no real place to get a... Um, a bite-sized amount of information that would allow me to get to first base, understanding the problem that I was dealing with. So one of the things that I've done over the last five years is I've collected a bunch of this information that I think everybody needs to know about addiction. And, you know, including the fellowship, um, including, you know, the two years before I joined Shatterproof. And what I did when I got to Shatterproof was to take this information and to put it into six five-minute lessons and then, you know, create an educational um uh, platform that allowed people to learn about addiction in a really efficient and effective way. Because most people today, they don't have any time, they don't have any attention span. You need to get it, 
get them information that's highly curated. And so we've done it with this training called Just Five, um, which we've partnered with Northwell. Um, so it's available to all the employees of Northwell. Um, and that's really what it is. It's the six most important lessons, and it's the most important information around the six most important lessons. And I think we've touched on every single one of those lessons here in the podcast today, but there's much more specific and detailed information that would be helpful to people yeah. in that training. Right. And, and to be able to do it in, in a short amount of time, everybody should be able to dedicate a half hour of their life to, to listen and to it's these. it's really hard to find, which is why we built it, because everything is overwhelming. It's, it's 50 pages on the Internet. It's, you know, complicated words. This is meant for everybody to digest. Yeah, and I'll just say with the with the Just Five campaign, what we're what we're trying to do is bring more education to our employees. And you know, thankfully for for, for Steve and his group at Shatterproof, um, they created a special site just for our, our employees here at Northwell. And to your point, Rob, thirty minutes, thirty minutes, learn more from a pers- from the perspective and experience of other family members that have been through this. What was the most important nuggets of information? Uh, pretty much packaged for us to to to, to visit and. Uh, you know, hopefully we can put that link, you know, along with this because we want folks to visit that website. We want folks to take the 30 minutes and learn. Yeah, I would say one more thing about it. The thing that was really gratifying was that professionals like Sandeep, um, clinicians, addiction doctors have really gravitated toward the training. We have a number of insurance companies. We even have Hazelden Betty Ford, which is probably the number one brand in treatment in the country. They have their own publishing company. They're using the training for their 1-800 number for people who need to get the first base to understand the disease. And they've sent us thousands of people to be trained um, on this uh, platform. Yeah, and we will put in the description on this podcast, we will put the links in there. Please. Producer Brian will be able to, to, thank, to pop thank those you, in. Thank you, Producer Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always like to end on a positive note here yeah. on 20-Minute Health Talk. So, Stephen, I'll start with you. What gives you hope? What gives you optimism going forward? So I would say the number one thing that gives me hope is that the next generation of people, the, the people who are you – know, Uh, Teenagers and young adults today are so open. They're open about um, LGBTQ issues. They're open about um, race issues. They're open about everything. And they're so willing to accept um, new ways of thinking. And so for this disease, this is what we need. We need people to be open. We need people to share. We need a, a culture that accepts change. And that's what's really going need, to be needed to reduce the stigma and to get people to accept treatment, um, to get people to accept that this is a disease and not a personal failing. Half the country still thinks it's a personal failing. And so what gives me hope is that there's a lot of social change that's happened very quickly in this country over the last couple of decades. And I think this one is next. Awesome. Sandeep, what gives you hope? Well, everything that Steve just said by far. No, but what gets me hope is the possibilities that are in front of us, the opportunities that are in front of us. Um, You know, speaking as a fellow Northwell Health employee, We have so much that we can do to change the narrative of the suffering that our community members, our own family members, even our employees are dealing with. Um, There is no need to suffer in silence. And the hope comes from knowing that there's 77,000 of us that can spread that message. There is options. There are opportunities. And there's so much partnership that we can explore. Um, That's what gives me hope. What gives me hope is that this 
can change. And we can be part of that process of changing what needs to happen for our community members, our patients, and our family members. Awesome. Dr. Sandeep Kapoor, Steve D'Antonio, thank you so much for joining us here on 20 Minute Health Talk. And for you, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'm Rob Hoyle. Have a great day. Get more expert insight from some of the leading voices in healthcare today. Subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk on Podbean, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts.